Welcome to the Trinity Radio Podcast. This podcast has a video component found at youtube.com slash Braxton Hunter. This means you might miss some visual aspects of the show, but it shouldn't have a serious negative effect. We'd love it if you'd run over to the YouTube channel real quick and subscribe. And if you enjoy this content, do us a favor. Take a moment to give us a five-star review on iTunes and mention a couple of things you like about the podcast. If you really appreciate the show, you can help make it better and get extra content for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash Trinity Radio. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Trinity Radio. I'm Braxton Hunter, and this is a special occasion because at long last, we are going to have someone on the show that should have been on the show uh, probably the first year that I really started taking YouTube seriously. Um, and we're also going to have our regular co-host, Dr. Jonathan Pritchett. But today, we're going to be having on a very well-known in the um, online worldview discussion arena, very well-known guy named Steve McRae, who is one of my agnostic friends. And Steve and Jonathan, we are both very excited. We are, we are, I am excited, let's get this right, to have both of you on the show. And Steve, specifically, welcome to the show. I'm, I'm excited. And by the way, I love that intro music, man. I'm all, I don't know if you can see me, but I was jamming out to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was right. yeah, I can see it. I love that. I can see I was it. lovely that. Yeah. Yeah, you've always been, uh, Steve, um, uh, friend, friendly, at least a friendly adversary, and usually just a, just a it's good. There's so much um, aggression often and, and, and disunity, obviously, in this uh, domain of worldview discussions and philosophical and theological debate among atheists and agnostics and Christians online that it, I found out really quick. It was really nice to have someone like you out there who, even though we were not at all on the same page um, with the most what we probably both would say are, are very important issues metaphysically, the fact is you've always been a friendly face and that means a lot in this space right now, I think. I appreciate it. And, and likewise, and this is one of the reasons why I think that people have to reach out across the divide. Uh, these are contentious issues. I mean, these have been contentious issues for thousands of years. Uh, and if you can't talk about them civilly and you cannot have productive dialogue, then what, where, you know, what's the point of it being on YouTube? What's the point of even having a, a conversation with somebody if you're not trying to perhaps change their mind or at least add, to the dialogue and if you start throwing out invectives and pejoratives and insulting you're not going to get anywhere and so i like the channels that avoid those kind of conflicts i know i know they i, I know they sell don't get me wrong i know people make a bank by having conflict i mean i, I i'm not gonna be a hypocrite my non sequitur show was based on conflict but at the same token we still strive to have really good conversations and so uh i i, I admire your channel i've listened to your channel before you like to have the conversation, so I support those kind of things. And by the way, I'm so happy to be on. You don't even know. I'm yeah. like oh, we're thrilled to have. Well, well this is the me, channel. Man. He's a lot. Yeah, this is a channel where Braxis always says he loves atheists, but I, I'm the guy. You love agnostics. That I will say I love agnostics too, even though uh, Braxton leaves, I hate you. I hate agnostics. <laughs> no, I love agnostics. Yeah, he, he doesn't even say about he loves Christians. Oh. It's just he loves this channel that Our, loves oh. atheists and agnostics and Christians can. Go pound sand, right. I guess. Well, are, are, are we cowardly atheists? Are we just cowardly atheists? That yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe the agnostic <laughs> the late is great, atheism light. Yeah, the late great um, Christopher Hitchens thought so, for yeah. sure, about yeah. agnostics. So, all right, um, Steve, uh, first of all, I did want to say, you mentioned this, but you have a channel. You have a channel that's in your name, and then you have another channel. Both of them are linked in the description. You have another channel that is the Non Sequitur Show. And uh, about five years ago, I guess, when I really started taking this much more seriously on YouTube, 
um, there th- that was when non sequitur show, if I have the years right, was a really strong debate channel and modern day debate and, and Cameron Bertuzzi's channel and places where people debate now what you know weren't what they are now. And at that time, one of the places people would go was the non sequitur show. And there was some things that happened with that show for a while that people can research on their own. And um, uh, or I mean, you can speak to those if you want. But the bottom line is both of those are linked in the description. And Steve's paper is linked in the description. Now, that's important because we're going to be discussing at least the key idea, if not specifically some things in that paper during this uh, during this uh, this broadcast, because uh, what Steve has been uh, uh, influential with respect to this paper has become one that a lot of people in the apologetics and theology uh, geek uh, arena have really come to appreciate this because he's his article seeks to show that if one, and I'll let you say this better than me, but if one were to uh, hold to what could be called the weak atheist position, that is rather than saying, uh, I believe that God does not exist, but instead said, I just don't believe in God. I, I, I lack a belief as it's sometimes put, that that leads to what could be called a semantic collapse where at least three terms in this discussion uh, seem to lose the 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 potency in their meaning. So, Steve, uh, am I setting this up well? You take it from here for a moment. Yeah, no, that's actually uh, pretty much it. That's it. Thanks for joining. Um, yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> you expressed it really well. Um, I mean, I think my paper is a little more complicated, but yeah, you got the gist. Because, I mean, to, to break it down, originally there was this term called atheos, and there was the Greek term, and it meant basically somebody who denied worship of the state-sanctioned pantheonic gods, the Roman gods, and it referred to Christians. Right. It was it was referring to Christians that worship this monotheistic God. And so they were without favor of the gods. They weren't without belief. They were without favor of the gods because the, these Roman gods denied them uh, the request and basically denied them favor because they were no longer being worshipped. And so the term atheos has had many meanings over the years. And then about in the 16th century, I, and I'm going to butcher this French, sorry, but I think it was atheismy, but it meant the denial or the denying of God's existence. And so for the last 400 years, that was really how the word atheist was used in the academic literature. It was somebody who believed there was no God or denied the, you know, God's existence, uh, a theory, dogma, doctrine of God's non-existence. You, you see all these terms being used. And then in 1972, a man named Anthony Flew wrote a paper called The Presumption of Atheism that tried to argue that it would be better for atheists to use atheism or think of atheism as in the negative case, as in merely the non-belief of God's existence. And my paper basically shows if you if you take Flew's argument to its final conclusion, you basically now have three terms that have lost such axiological value that they are not just ambiguous, but they mean the same thing, that a person could, could semantically be a theist and atheist and agnostic at the same time. And if that's the case, why would we want to bother to have nuances of these positions? Yeah, and and maybe at the beginning of this, Steve, you could speak to uh, the question, and maybe you don't have so much to say about this. Maybe it's purely an academic uh, thing for you, but but even there, even just with the academic side <clears throat> of things, why do you think uh, this is an is important enough to get right? I think it's important because well, a few things, and. and I'm a, I'm a non-believer. You guys know this clearly, um, but I do have a lot of respect for so both theists and atheists. So far, yeah. Well, you, hey, look if um, if, if Doctor Josh, Josh Rasmussen had got, hasn't got me there, but he's trying. He's trying. He doesn't um, have. Here's the problem, Josh. Steve, Josh doesn't. What? Here's the. There's a process for this in evangelicalism. <laughs> we get a cassette tape player, 
and we play a song out of the old hymn book, Just As I Am Without One Plea. And then you come forward and, and place your faith in Christ. And we're looking forward to that happening at the end of this service. Is that how it works? Episode. I've been so confused on that. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> well, I actually was a theist. I was a theist at one time. Yeah. Yeah. They'll play that song long enough to somebody goes up front just so they can dismiss church and go to lunch. I don't get to go have lunch. If we don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know everybody becomes Christian and then Sunday rolls around. I'm not going, I'm uh, sleeping. In. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's, it's funny. I, you have, I've even one of your mods as a, as a friend of mine that was from another channel, uh, agree to argue what I did a show with Dr. Fuzrana from reasons to believe organization, Dr. Uh, Hugh Ross's organization. And so I did a show with them for quite some time and um, which was really, really fun. But um, yeah, so the, why this is important is because, Theist and atheist, there's different levels of people that get into these discussions. And you have what I call not just fruit on the fruit, low hanging fruit, but fruit on the ground. People that are so low on their discussions that they're just not worth having a discussion with. And so I try to elevate the discussion so that if you're going to be talking about these things, you at least have a basic understanding because the theists have upped their game. They have very difficult arguments. I mean, anybody who's read, you know, like Rasmus, who we mentioned, his stuff's not easy. Press is not easy. Swinburg is not easy. And so when they're still, you know, in the arguing against somebody like Ken Hoven, who, you know, we've all, we've all had instances with, um, it's not that difficult. Right. And so I want atheists to be at least rational and not use bad argumentation. Just like I, I don't want theists to use bad argumentation. And I think that when they, they sort of subscribe into this whole, Oh, atheism is merely a lack of belief without looking into the ramifications of that argument, they've fallen prey to the very thing that they seek to argue against irrational thinking, or at least not as um, high level thinking as they should be doing, because it, none of them have sat there and go, hmm, should I use this? It's, is, is this a term in this context that makes sense to use in that way? And if you actually look at it, it simply doesn't. And I think my paper has actually shown that by using what's called a square of opposition. So let me, yes. Um, and and I, I wait, 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 before you say anything, something yeah. very interesting has developed in the chat. And Steve, uh, this this may be someone you know, Siggy Sigwald. I, I do know I, Siggy. Yeah, he's a he's a well, member, Siggy, a friend of mine. Siggy just yeah. Siggy just not only gave us an incredible super chat. Thank you, Siggy. But looks like he's handing out uh, channel memberships to people or something. He's being a patron. <laughs> he's been, he's, he's been not he's only been us, to, do that. But to yeah. our, our followers here. I didn't even know he that likes, was a thing you could do. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what's funny is uh, I will tell you, Siggy and I disagree on a lot of stuff. We are we are not ideologically compatible and yet i like the guy we get a lot we had some instances on twitter a while back we we as adults talked about them and we became friends he's a patron of mine uh he has you know given memberships out and we can discuss things like two adult people and that's what i like and so yeah he appreciates good conversation so that means he likes well, he said it was a thank you for featuring steve mccray on your channel hell sagan <laughs> <laughs> and he gave us yeah. 666 so. yeah <laughs> hell <Perfect>. sagan <laughs> Uh, Thank you, Siggy. That is so meaningful. We're, so we're six one that. six guys in Revelation, but that's fine. That's fine. Uh, um, <laughs> so to to set this up, and I do want to talk about the um, your truth tables and your op table of opposition and all that. Uh, but before we get into the to the weeds of the paper, to just to set this up for some of the more laypersons in there, uh, I want to tell a little story about Braxton Hunter debating Matt Dillahunty. Okay, I don't, I'm not sure if you ever saw that debate. <laughs> But during the question and answer portion at the conclusion of the debate, a follower of our channel got up. First question, I think. Yeah, and asked, his name is Drew Beatty, and asked Matt Dillahunty why he called himself an atheist because, you know, after his whole stick of I don't know and I'm not convinced and I don't know, 
and he said, you know, all the all these academic uh, the academic literature defines atheism as the belief there is no God and making a positive claim. And it, Matt Dillahunty lost his composure a little bit compared to the, his behavior in the rest of the debate and pretty much dressed the guy down hollering about, I host the atheist experience. I know what an atheist is and blah, 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 blah. And I'm not making any positive. And so pretty much tried to holler about it, you know, uh, to poor Drew for asking what seems to be, and you note this in your paper, the general assumption that the atheist is the one who believes there is no God. And, but he, he, he kind of went off on him about it. So why was the questioner Drew in the right and Matt Dillahunty in the wrong? Okay. One of the reasons I actually like that question is because I, I can't prove this, so don't ask me to, but I, I know what you're referring to. And I, if I remember correctly, Matt had mentioned the word agnostic a few times and he's seething when he mentioned it, he's thinking of me. Um, I, I'm not, and I'm not even joking. I, I really believe he was thinking of me because whenever you, he mentions you, the word, and agnostic, this is not you, I can speak for you. This, this is not necessarily you having main character syndrome like that. No. that yeah. No, there, no, there are is, feelings is, about you in the community. Yes. I think. Yeah. Matt, Matt and I go way back. Um, you know, he's been on the non sequitur show. So when matter of fact, I, I'll throw this out there. The whole thing on agnostic atheism, he has changed his position on within the last uh, couple of years and the arguments used to change his mind were my arguments. There's no question about this because he's, he's who, who, he says, wait, 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 who you changed whose mind on it? Matt, De, Matt Dillahunty. He changed, he postured, he re, he postured differently. Uh, on, on, on the, yeah, on the term, on the phrase agnostic atheist, uh, if you look at those multi-axial diagrams, where you have the quadrants, um, he no longer uses them. He thinks that, uh, the phrase agnostic atheism in the weak case is nonsensical and he's absolutely right um and all that came from a lot of arguments that i've had over the years with people and that people that also know matt so if you if you if you ever listen to him talk about the phrase agnostic atheism he'll mention my name with it and then go off on some tangent of why he blocked me which he gets wrong go figure um but yeah so here's the word agnostic he thinks of me because i've been so entrenched in this argument for so many years and i'm sure that matt knows about my paper i mean there's really i, I find it difficult that he doesn't but there's no way he can really refute the logic. Uh, the logic has been checked many, many times. And yes, I think we found a small uh, grammatical error in this paper just recently. Um, but we're going to, I'll get, I'll get to that. But as far as the argument, this has been vetted multiple times by logisticians and mathematicians. And as far as the, the validity of the argument, it's, it's sound. Uh, it's, it's logically valid and sound. The premises are true. And so when you're talking about when he asked that question to Matt about why is it that you are promoting atheism in the weak case, Fun fact, Matt has said on the atheist experience, he believes there's no God. He's not an oh. agnostic. Yeah. If you go back to the earlier years when he was on cable access, he will actually say God doesn't exist. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he is a, what, what the paper would be a, saying a strong atheist, mm -hmm. but he like flew and David Silverman and a lot of those uh, more new atheists, they wanted atheism to be anybody who just merely lacked a belief. And that's what they're pushing for. So he kind of changed what he was pushing for over the years of not pushing so much for uh, the belief that there's no God, but he was advocating for more of the agnostic position of merely non-belief. So that's true. That's why what he got upset because he's being called out for, you know, why would you want two positions to be exactly the same? I mean, there's a reason why we have three positions here because on any proposition you can believe, you can disbelieve, or you can withhold judgment. You can suspend judgment. That's just three epistemic dispositions. There's a fourth one, which is you can believe both, but I think we would agree that's epistemically a contradiction, right? So yeah, and why so would here you we want all name to have each. 
Yeah. Yeah. Good. So, so, so it, here we are with, we're, we're on the side of, uh, we obviously, we believe there is a God and we do not believe that there is no God. And so why don't you start walking us through this yeah, as it relates it to the, the atheist uh, side? Yeah, you set it up with the square of opposition. So um, why don't you briefly explain to our audience what's going on here and, and so that they can kind of get a, <clears throat> a, a sense of why you were approaching this topic and how, in the sense of why you wanted, how, how you went about, you know, showing your work, so to speak, uh, sure. to, to, to show that the weak atheist position is uh, would would it, it, if 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 we allowed it to be affirms a semantic collapse affirms in your conclusion that you could simultaneously be a theist an agnostic and an atheist all at the same time which is a total mess yeah but, just approach mm -hmm. that however you want to yeah. steve even sure. if you want to start here yeah, yeah, yeah. i can go real, real easy um okay so the way i approach this to is twofold one dr oppie graham oppie who i think is probably the most brilliant atheist contemporary philosopher over time great guy he's been on my show i've had the, the man is just beyond genius and um, he noted this he noted this in one of his book that if you allow for weak atheism you should have to allow for weak theism. And there was an argument that I had prior to this paper that I do mention in here somewhat, but it was called the WASP argument. It was a, it was the weak atheist special pleading argument. It basically just said, if you allow for weak atheism, you must allow for weak theism, else you're special pleading. So I just took what Dr. Opie wrote and kind of added that without special, because if not, you have if you don't allow it, it's your special pleading. That's a fallacy, right? If you're, if you're saying, hey, I want atheism, which is normally understood in academia standard as standard, which means just, if you if you see nothing else with it, you're to assume the author is meaning to believe that God does not exist in most in most cases. That's how it's always been understood in, in philosophy for the last four hundred years. Um, and so, when when you allow for for the oh, I just want atheism to be a lack of belief, you have to allow theists to make that same move. So if this is important, Steve. I, I want to highlight this because I think nobody really makes that move, and pointing this no. out, I think, clarifies everything so i want people to really focus on if you're going to say about atheism that you that that uh atheism is not just the belief that god does not exist but it can also be uh the the uh lack of belief lack of belief that god does exist or whatever uh then you have to allow the theist to do the same thing or else yeah, it's special exactly. pleading and you point out uncontroversially here so uh yeah, go ahead I just, so. I just wanted to underline what you're saying yeah about. but i mean Oppie, you're, you're Oppie right so yeah, nobody takes that position of a weak theist position that I'm aware of. of well, I, I just lack a belief in the non-existence of God, right? And into that claim, but I mean, what would that debate be like? It'd just be a, a lack atheist, and a lack <laughs> I don't, theist. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Yeah, it's boring. <laughs> yeah, they'd just be but, staring but at each other for two and a half hours. I don't have a positive claim. I don't have a positive nothing, claim man. either, and nothing happens. Uh, so. Hi, Steve. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's it's it is funny because theists don't make that particular claim. One because it would be kind of contradictory to the the essence of what Christianity actually is, right? Because the whole essence of Christianity is believing Christ was the risen Savior, believing God. That's that's kind of the the crux of, of Christianity, right there. So it wouldn't make sense for most theists in in many contexts to say, "Hey, look, theism is merely a lack of belief that God does not exist." Although they could for maybe some other type of mono, non monotheistic God, but they don't, right? Which is right. I, to credit to them. But the argument isn't that somebody's making it. The argument is that they could. You have right. to allow it if they did. Again, these are these are hypotheticals. And a yeah. lot of people don't understand hypotheticals very well. They, they, I've actually had people, I'm not even joking, that said my paper is wrong because I used 
implicatures. I use, you know, if P then Q, which is basically the start of every <laughs> argument, basically, you know, from modus ponens to tolens. It's, it's all of them are conditionals. That's how you do an argument. And so I had people argue, oh, well, these are just ifs. Oh, yes, that's that's how our argument is started. Yeah, you're right? saying if this, then this follows from right. that. that that's right. all, all, that's all you're saying. And, and then, of course, I'm we not get joking. into, and, and in a lot of the ways that you frame spinning off of this table that we can get into is a lot of it is um, if this or if this and, and then you run, you, you know, you run them through the matrix. Uh, so, so you set it up with various operators to try to, See, is this valid? It's like checking your math in a math problem, right? right? And that's what right. that's basically what a truth table is. For, exactly. I mean, is. it's a poor analogy, but it's an analogy to help people get their head around it. What we're going to be looking at, and so you you run you run all this, and so it seems like what you're trying to show is uh, stemming off of Oppie, you're going to interact uh, with Anthony Flew's uh, contention where he's trying to make this position into where you can have no positive claims, just a negative position. And that's kind of the framework between Oppie and Flu are stemming from Oppie's claim about this idea of a lack atheism or a lack of belief in the non-existence of God. If that's a valid position, whether or not anyone takes it is irrelevant. It's Correct. just it, they could. And uh, well, and if you're going to do that over there, then it means it's possible to do that over here. Right. Because right. that is essentially right. because. And what you argue by, by definition, yeah, and, and and just to put this clear up front, and, and and this is in the this this is in the square of opposition, but the claim of the uh, weak atheist, and if we were to posit this uh, weak theist, both of those claims are are in fact claims are uh, are, are positions that the agnostic the the agnostic qua agnostic does hold that. They lack a belief in the non-existence of God and they lack a belief in the existence of God simultaneously, which is allowed. Mm-hmm. That is agnosticism. Mm-hmm. And so if you're, so for all of the, the uh, so if you're tempted to take the weak theism position, the same result happens as the weak atheism <laughs> in your paper that no, you're both agnostics. Yeah, logically speaking, and that's what. Okay, so right. Um, yes, it's Anthony Flew. I have I, I, I probably every so often I say Anthony, and I don't mean to. I know it's Anthony. Anthony, with okay. no H in it. But yes, Anthony Flew. Um, but okay, so there was a there's another paper out there by a guy named Doctor Burgess Jackson. I'm sure you guys are familiar with him. Uh, he wrote a very brilliant paper, um, refuting uh, Flew's argument. And when he did that, he used what's called a square of opposition, and so. Um, I like the idea of using what's called a semiotic square of opposition, where it's not categorical. You're not talking about all SRPs. You're, what you're talking about is a relationship between contraries. And contraries would be two things that could be uh, false at the same time, but not true at the same time. And so I was like, hey, I like the way Burgess Jackson related agnosticism and, and theism to uh, the square of opposition. And so what I did was I took that and I ran with it to show how to prove that if you do use these terms the way that these atheist organizations want people to use them, then you could logically have a person that's semantically called a theist, an atheist, and an agnostic, which seems to me an axiological depreciation of the verb, of the verbiage. Because if, if you if you say, hey, look, uh, 
I'm an atheist, theist, agnostic to somebody. They're going to look at you like you're insane, like you don't know what you're talking about. But right. but this shows it is possible semantically <clears throat> if you allow these types of what's called sensolato or general usage or we, you know very broad uh, uh, uses of terms. And so I start off with the square of opposition here, which you're showing. And the way this works is very simple. These are relationships between terms. So the way you would read this is very simple. B is a, is a, is a verb, is, a, is an intentional verb called belief. S is a subject and G is the proposition God exists. So basically you just read that as S believes G or S believes God exists. It's simple. That's, it's not that difficult to learn the logic. I think everybody agrees that that is theism. I mean, I, I, if you don't agree with that, then I don't know where you want to go with it, right? But I think that <laughs> most people would agree that if you believe in God, we're going to semantically call that a theist. Does anybody not agree with that? We agree. <laughs> and, and it's, it's yeah, and everything follows from that. These relationships show what's called a contradiction. In other words, you start with the negation of that. So if you have BSG, the negation is not BSG. It shows the contrary, which would be uh, atheism. And it shows the subcon uh, subcontraries, which is the agnostic position. And then subalternations, which just means that by implication, if you believe there's a God, you don't believe there is not a God. So if you read this, believes S believes G, it actually implies that S does not believe that there is no God, right? Because if you're a theist, you don't believe there is no God. You believe there is now, a God. So these are all relationships. That's all the square of opposition does here. Right. Uh, and you have it set up like that because in case people are wondering, it, because of the way agnosticism works, these subalternations don't work in reverse. No, that'd be a contrary error. Right. That's, right. That, that's literally what the, the fallacy of the converse would be. Right. That's what, I, that's what I'm explaining to, to, to the audience so that they know that just because I believe in God, therefore I also don't believe in not God, those work together. But you would, you're going to argue, which is kind of what I set up, that unless you want to be agnostic, it doesn't go the other way. Hey, yeah, before, and I, before and I, we go I, any further, I, Steve, I know you've uh, to to quote the guy from Modern Day Debate, James. Uh, you've got one in the chamber. Hey, but James. What? I do what for what? I get along. With oh, I th it like sounded like you were about to say something. I just wanted to jump in real quick and just say uh, super chats that are coming in. We so appreciate that. We'll get to those toward the end. But thank you so so much. But um, yeah, so so where you, you want to read them? Well, they don't I want it to go the other way because if you're an atheist who simply lacks the belief of the God, if the subalternation went the other way, uh, fallaciously, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you have to say that you believe there is no God. <laughs> so so it runs yeah, you into well, the positive it, place. It, it's funny that you mention it because one of the criticisms I have is that people will say things that are true but irrelevant. And it's called a fallacy of a relevant thesis. It's, it's yeah. something that, yeah, you're right, but who cares? So like a person will argue, well, merely because, merely because I don't believe in God, it doesn't imply that I believe there is no God. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. The, the, the subalternation doesn't work in the converse. We all are aware of this, but that's not everything I've ever argued. What I've argued is if you look at the bottom of this, right at the bottom right-hand corner, that not BSG, that's what they're wanting atheism to be thought of. That's ambiguous because you cannot rest on that position. It must be you are one of the other two positions of, of the of the top or the bottom left. You could there's no other options. This is logic. If you don't believe, it's because you believe there's no God or you have no position either way, which gives a nice section of your epistemic states of any given proposition. So on any proposition, doesn't matter what the proposition is, there's three rational epistemic pieces of the pie there. You can divide it up, believe disbelieve or have no position either way nice and simple right so it doesn't matter what the proposition is but 
they'll say, well, I merely lack a belief. And I try to explain to them that's ambiguous because I don't know if you lack a belief because you believe there's no God or you have no position either way, which are so vastly different positions, right? I mean, I think most people would agree that not having a position on it directly and believing there's no God are two completely different positions and require different reasoning for them. I believe I'm, I'm one of the very few that will argue that agnostic requires a burden of proof. Not believing requires a burden of proof. This is why Matt Dillahunty can't stand me, and he will argue to he's blue in the face that I'm wrong, and he'll say Steve's wrong on this. Atheism doesn't have a, a burden of proof. Well, look, I've had Dr. Kerry write two blogs on me disagreeing with Matt on that. He's an atheist. Um, he just thinks that the burden of proof has already been met for atheism, which is a hell of a claim, by the way. Uh, but he does agree that atheism has a, bur a, a burden of proof. So if atheism in the negative, if, if Matt wants to, to argue, that still has to have a burden of proof to be rational. Why is it you failed to affirm or deny the proposition? What is it that made you deadlock on this proposition? That is a reason why you were not a theist or an atheist. That's your burden of proof. It's called an epistemic yeah, I, burden of proof. I, I real, would, yeah, real, I wanna... real quick, you, you would, I think I've heard you say, and maybe I'm wrong, that agnostics have should have a sort of a burden of proof if they're aware they of the arguments because they need saying, to be absolutely. able to explain to you why these arguments for mm -hmm. them don't settle the issue. Yeah, my, my, one of my, my friends, matter of fact, who I acknowledge in this paper, who, who literally helped me get my kind of my thoughts together and you know uh, motivate me to write this paper and get it out there was Dr. Malik because I had written, I, re, I read his paper defending, uh, was it uh, Redefining Atheism and the Burn of Proof, I think is the name of the paper. But, uh, you know, he argued that very same thing. He's like, yeah, look, if you are agnostic, you have a burden to meet. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And so if, if well, Gnostics have a burden to meet, why wouldn't a lack of atheist have a burden? They're the same position as they prove. Far, far be it for me to say anything sympathetic towards Matt's position. But I will, but it doesn't help him any. Okay. I would be sympathetic to the, the I have no burden thing. Uh, so the, 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 I, here's, I guess I was just going to try to say this the best I can. If you are unaware of the beliefs that you lack that doesn't change your epistemic beliefs that you do have, right? So you can't, you, you can't be forced to take a position if you are completely ignorant that you lack a belief in like monotheism if the concept is extremely foreign to you. Like, so like, like it's well, never been considered. But, yeah, but like no, no plum, no plum, no plum, no plum. Yeah. You know, no, no plum, plum, Steve. Yeah, yeah he's no just plum. on my channel a few weeks ago. He was just on my channel literally a few weeks ago. You don't watch yeah, any of my he, stuff. I get it. <laughs> he yes, can he can I do occasionally for a very but long time yeah but but we're making progress in our relationship here Steve because yeah. here we sit so um yes. <laughs> but 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 no plum yeah, connections man <laughs> yeah he made this point about what if you had this uh man slug or some kind of weird slug that had a face of a man but the body of a slug and you've never even heard of this thing but so like it's reasonable to say you're like completely like I mean, in a vacuum with like, respect like, yeah, to the like, existence, you don't of the even thing. don't know. Right. right. But Do I think but Dr. I think Dr. Oppie has a term for this. It's called innocent. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dr. Yeah. Oppie has a term for that. He calls it innocence on P, which that's means in, that I think he says that in arguing about gods. Doesn't but he? but mm -hmm. I think yeah. what, what, what Matt runs where he's wrong is the fact that he can consider himself acknowledge a lack of belief in something that other people have positive beliefs for. That's no longer you're no longer innocent. So, yeah, yeah, he's not, yeah, no, he holds there is no God. And matter of fact, it's funny because 
Aaron Ra, who, you know, I, I, I go way back with as well. One of the reasons we don't speak any longer is because of this very topic, because Aaron's wrong. Sorry, Aaron. I, I do have a lot of respect for him, but he's he's completely wrong on this topic. And he, uh, he'll assert not just gods do not exist. He'll assert that they're impossible. That is a very, very high bar to me. Matter of fact, I would say that you have belief. You have, you have knowledge, you have certainty, then you have impossibilities. When you're talking about impossibilities, you need, a, a, to me, a proof by possibility. You need some kind of modal argument using Alaic logic that shows that it is impossible to have a god. And I don't think, I don't think Aaron's at that level to even use modal logic, right? Hmm. To use modalities. Yeah. So when, when you're arguing that it's impossible to have a god, that's a, that's, whoa, that's way beyond just saying, I believe there's no god. Yeah. So if you don't know, if you're unaware of the beliefs you lack, that's a complete innocent officer. That's a completely different yeah. thing than acknowledging yeah. the lack of belief that you have. And once you acknowledge the lack of belief you have, I think that entails a positive claim of some kind about the world and the way that you engage in it. And so therefore you're guilty, <laughs> not yeah, innocent. Well, it, well, but here's the thing though. It's not a positive claim on the, on the, on the proposition. It could be a positive claim somewhere else though. Right. Because these are in, an agnostic has an indirect position on the proposition, right? They suspend yes. judgment, which is a positive claim. I'm positively claiming I'm suspending judgment, right? Any negative claim can be turned into a positive. We all know that. So yeah. these are all positive claims in that sense. They're at least in relationship to the proposition. So when you ask an agnostic, why is it that you did not believe God exists or why is it you don't believe God does not exist? They didn't have a reason for that. Of course I do. I'm not going to get into that. But I think that everybody should have a reason to affirm, deny, or suspend judgment. If not, then what are we talking about About as far as rationality? If, if I said to you, Braxton, X equals X, and you say, Steve, I don't believe you, I'm not going to take you as a rational person, right? Like, well, that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of want to know what your, your burden of proof is, is why you failed to affirm X equals X. Yeah. And, and a lot of people just don't get that. They're like, I have no burden of uh, proof if I don't believe something. Yeah, you do. Because yeah. to be rational, you need to justify, at least to yourself, why you fail to affirm something and it can be as simple as an a priori knowledge of a equals x equals x if you don't believe that something you need to have a reason for that if anybody thinks that you don't need a reason for that then how do you talk about being rational unless you're That's a fundamental law of logic yeah. unless, that, you're unless you're the innocent, innocent person right. that right. can postpone right. judgment let's get real basic right. with innocent. this yeah. what, what i hear a lot from uh from skeptics online and in the comments and things like that is to say look what you guys are all missing is that on the one hand, we're talking about what I believe. And on the other hand, we're talking about what I know. And I don't know what agnostic is the negation of Gnostic knowledge, all this sort of thing. And here I am not knowing, but that's a well, different question well, from why I believe. I, I disagree. I disagree. I, I let me tell you why. you would and explain yeah. why. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? So, and who, who I, I think it was, um, was it Emerson Green? I'm going to do a review on, on I think it was Emerson Green's video where uh, they, they said he's something something similar. Was it? I, 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 but somebody was saying very similar that Gnostic and Agnostic have this weird relationship that it's just A in front of Gnostic. And that was never the case. As, as many people know, Thomas Henry Huxley coined the term Agnosticism as a neologism to represent a normative epistemic principle. To him, it was a method. It was if you do not have sufficient reason to believe something on scientific grounding, then you you should fail to to believe something you should have only believe something if you have scientific reason to do it that's what's his 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 method and he called that principle agnosticism it had nothing to do with gnosticism matter of fact he didn't even use no uh, gnosis in the word when he coined that believe it or not he used the word gnos n-o-s n-n-g-n-o-s 
And what he wanted Nos to represent was the illusion of having knowledge. Because he felt the theists and atheists at his, his time were making claims about God but not based upon science. And so even a belief that God exists, he felt was um, unsustainable. So he used the term Nost to say, hey, look, all you atheists, all you theists, neither of you have any reason to be talking about this being God because you have no information about him that to even to even deliberate based upon scientific grounds. And so he thought that they had the illusion of having knowledge or information about God that they didn't have. That's why. So agnostic has nothing to do with Gnosticism. Gnosticism was a was a first or fourth century belief system that um, a being named Sophia fell from Plamora, which was the heavens. And, and when she fell, uh, she instilled on everybody this esoteric knowledge or this uh, hidden knowledge called Gnosis. And that was the divine knowledge of the unknown God that created the heavens. Because in the Gnostic tradition, they believe this, this deity called Yaldabaoth created the universe, but didn't create the heavens. And this was an evil trickster being, kind of like Loki. And so the Gnostic belief held that knowledge was this instilled thing given to us by Sophie, uh, Sophia, the, what's called the Sisergy of Jesus, and has nothing to do with epistemic knowledge. Absolutely nothing. So we're talking about like to know something in the epistemic sense that's that's no relevance to Gnosticism or Gnosis. So the, the term agnostic is not is not, not even well. That that being said, Steve, how would you how would you still address the conceptual point that's being made? That I could well, say. I, I, yeah, go ahead. Okay. I, I don't have a problem when people use a term like Gnostic to mean an epistemic modifier, like an adjective. I get it, right? So if you want to say, look, um, we'll start with theists because people generally have no contention with this. If you say, I believe there's a God, that's a dostastic claim, right? It's not a claim to knowledge. We all agree on that, right? Knowledge is a subset of belief. If you want to raise that higher and make a higher degree of claim saying, I know there's a God, that's going to require a much more... Um, stringent burden of proof to meet those requirements, right? You're going to have to explain what, what theory of knowledge you're using, what's your justification, show that the proposition is true, that you believe it, and that it's justified under justified true belief. A lot more complicated, right? But if you want to say, I'm not just a theist, I'm a Gnostic theist, in that you're using that term Gnostic to modify the belief to knowledge, okay, that's not a big deal. But the problem comes in is when you use the term atheism, the only way that would work is if you have atheism as the belief, because if atheism is the belief, I can then raise that to knowledge because knowledge is a subset of belief. But if I say atheism is merely a lack of belief, there's nothing there to raise. You don't have the belief first to even be a knowledge claim. You're, 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 you're not modifying a belief at that point. That's why agnostic atheism in the, in the weak case of merely lacking a belief makes no sense. See? Yeah. That and works. that's so the I, I don't, of your paper. Yeah. <laughs> And that, that really, that, I, in, in some ways, yeah. I mean, I don't get in the whole Gnostic thing too much as far as the, the, the Gnostic atheism. I was going to kind of hopefully get with Rasmussen on that. Um, and maybe but, we but can the write point of together. weak atheism is, is basically agnosticism. And if it's not, then we have all kinds of semantic chaos, pretty much. Correct. Yeah. Would so, it be, would it be yeah. a good summary of all this, Steve, to say, and I, I said it kind of this way at the top, to say, look, what your paper shows is you're arguing is that your paper shows that <clears throat> there are that if we if if we allowed theists to make the same move that atheists make to a weak atheism 
or lack theism. You have to make the theist allowed to say, okay, I'm not saying I believe there is a God. I'm just saying I lack a belief that no God exists. And mm -hmm. then if you let, if, if, and you really see this when you do this with the theist, because then the theist, the weak theist and the weak atheist and the uh, agnostic mm -hmm. all share the same exact spot and they become three things. And there's a collapse in terminology because three names for the same thing. And that's and primarily, yeah, yeah, that's and that's why I call it I called it semantic collapse. That's what I, I personally I call that for that very reason, because they lose any value of the terms. And by the way, you don't even need to have theist in there. You can get semantic collapse just with weak atheism because weak atheism is logically agnosticism. If, if you don't have a positive epistemic status, in other words, if you don't believe something like God it doesn't exist, then the only other logical position for you to be is neither believes God exists nor believes God does not exist, which is agnostic. And so then you would now have atheism being used to, to mean the same thing as agnostic. There's a semantic collapse there. Now, some yeah, people but... could argue agnostic means knowledge of this other stuff is irrelevant. We're not talking about the epistemological domain. We are talking about the ontological domain of God's existing, right? So it has to do with a specific proposition of, of an existential nature. So when we're talking about on the proposition of God existing, Agnostic means you have no position either way. That's that's uh, every place will tell anybody this. It has nothing to do with knowledge. Anybody thinks otherwise, I'm guaranteed you're wrong. Go read. Nobody nobody ever says if you're talking about the, the God existing or not. Agnostic means anything other than you have no position either way. And but, so, but, well, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, but Steve, if if you actually did this without theism, you wouldn't have a pretty square. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I like I like I like, I like the fact that you know, uh, it, I actually try to make it square as possible. You know, uh, I don't want to be do it. Right. The square of opposition is always in a rectangle. No, seriously, yeah. the square of opposition, if you see it, is almost always in a rectangle form. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which drives me well, nuts. It's kind hey, of square. Just because really you can small. do it without theism doesn't mean you should. Would it be okay right, with exactly. you, Steve, if we did some questions at this point? Absolutely, yeah. No, okay. go ahead. Questions. Well, let's hit Siggy first because Siggy has been just more generous than our. He loves this normal stuff. Crowd. Oh, I, we got normal crowd that's pretty generous, but Siggy's yeah, going crazy I'm today. Just with them. So Siggy uh, became a channel member, and I was throwing up a while ago all the people who uh, who, who he was be making channel members. Uh, it was kind of like drinks all around. I'm not, I've never seen anything like that. Um, <laughs> I brought everybody over. I brought John over, Siggy. I'm, hey, we're gonna we're gonna make you popular, man. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it. I really do. And then uh, yeah. he says to Steve, "Isn't it a bit of a waste of time to argue for a god or against a god when there are multiple gods, thus eventually driving every conversation about any god end up with God hiding in the gaps?" I leave that to the, the that's to be the, to them. <laughs> They're the theist. Yeah, um, I did kind of think yeah. it was a question that, that we should. And so, the, what, what, you know, I, if I'm interpreting this question right, Siggy, and, and I, again, I so appreciate what you've done here today. I would just say that um, this is why we are both what you would call classical apologists. Apologists have these different methods, methodologies. There's a great book from Zondervan's Counterpoint series called Five Views on Apologetics. And there's and, and uh, also Avery Dulles History of Apologetics goes through these maybe with different titles but but we are classical apologists and and what so think of someone like uh gary habermas or michael icona they're they're evidentialists and in a certain sense as opposed to presuppositionalists we're evidentialists but let's but but if you took someone like gary habermas or michael icona and compared them to someone like william lane craig william lane craig is a classical apologist they're evidential apologists and the difference there would be that the evidential apologists like gary and mike you never hear them arguing for god's existence 
They, they think if they can demonstrate uh, a good case for the resurrection of Jesus, you get God ipso facto, the God of Israel, the God of Jesus, who Jesus was risen to vindicate you know, those claims uh, in part. So, uh, so, you, so you have that. Um, but on the classical view, we say, well, you have a much stronger case for the resurrection if when you come to approach the elements that we would use to argue a case for the resurrection, you already believe there's a power sufficient to raise someone like Jesus from the dead. So you, you argue first for God. That is that power. And the way I've made this point, and I did make it in the Matt Dillahunty debate, is like, what if I encountered a group of people who were sitting around talking about how they just saw a guy walk on the moon? And let's say I knew nothing about NASA and I knew nothing about space exploration and I knew nothing about the, you know, the moon being, you know, man landing on the moon or anything like that. So I would find this ridiculously unlikely when I heard this statement being made. But what if then I left there and I had a conversation with somebody else who informed me and I was given evidence to believe that actually there is this uh, sufficient power to put a man on the moon called uh, the space program. Various countries have space programs. Uh, America has one and now Elon has one and, and Jeff Bezos has one and everybody else. But let's say I found out there was a power sufficient enough to put someone on a moon, sufficient to put a man on the moon. And there was this guy in the 1960 or the 1950s running around saying that he was going to be on the moon and just watch his life and see what happens. Well, now it's a little different than the evidentialist alone would have it because you've got to make a case that God raised Jesus from the dead before you've shown that there is a God that's capable of doing something like that. And so the classical apologist, whether Steve or, or any particular atheist goes along with this, the methodology is, we'll show first that there's a God, then you have a better case for the resurrection because you have that power. And, in a, and, and so we would never leave it merely at a case for theism broadly that we would have out of something like a contingency argument yeah. or a teleological Depends argument. On, we would then follow that with a case for the resurrection or in some way that Jesus was divine. And then that would leave you not with yeah. just, you know, you'd, can you'd I have, have a little say on this question? Yes. Yeah. Sure. It seems, it seems like there's two kinds of atheists and, and a lot of the YouTube space is, is either debates between Christians and other monotheistic religions like Christians with Jews or Christians with, uh, Islam. Um, so Judaism, Islam, Christianity kind of occupy that space. So for the Christian to argue for those kind of gods, because you're trying to convert, you know, there's a point. Atheists are divided into two basic camps, you know, and then, of course, Christian Christianity versus atheism is a popular debate. But the atheists seem to divide in two camps. They kind of like, I'm not really here to change anybody's belief. I'm just going to show you why my belief is superior. But if you want to believe in Christianity, that's fine. But then you have the atheists that are, they will say that we are evangelists for atheism. Mm-hmm. And so for them, the vested interest is that... Well, they that's would, the way it's presented anyway. Well, no, I've heard them say that I'm an evangelist for atheism. So they're, they're, they're campaigning for that. So they're not just interested in the debate to say, here's a superior way to look at the world versus the Christian or the, versus the Muslim or whatever. So, so you have two types of atheists, ones that are interested in the conversation for, for its own sake in the debate, and then those who are trying to do the, evangelize the same way Christians are. For the agnostic, I have never seen an agnostic take the position that you should be agnostic too. Yeah, I, I, I don't. That, I, I'm not. I'm not an evangelistic agnostic. Yeah, for that. Right. I, I don't I, go around. Hey, look, you need to be agnostic. Let me explain <laughs> to you why. Yeah, no, I don't do that. It right. just works I, for me. But I mean, you don't yeah, see I, agnostics I, crusading yeah. for agnosticism in the way that you see Christians crusading. And I use that loose in a metaphorical sense. No, yeah. Right. Although, uh, although, I tell you, I, I, by the way, I'm Jewish. I should start that. Jews for agnosticism. I can make a fortune. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 
I, I got we this. We can't I support this, you, man. Steve, but that's very industrial. No, you so love the thing. Jews. Everybody loves the yeah, Jews. I do love the Jews. I love my heritage. Okay. This is a channel that I loves love Jews. <laughs> yes, I, I do too. I, I love my heritage. I really do. Okay, okay. Let, we we beat that one to death, I think. Yeah, that's, I think the stakes are different for, for can Steve. I, can, I, can, I, for yeah. can, can I add go this ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Steve. I like the evidential view. I don't like the precept view. When precept came onto the internets, uh, a, you know, decade or whatever ago, it was me and of course, you know, Ozzy, the wonderful Ozzy Rambius II, and other people uh, that were arguing, explaining why precept was not really a good argument. Uh, and so I liked the people like Blantinger, who at least tries to argue from reformed epistemology that theism is rational. He's not arguing so much, hey, look, believe in God. He's just arguing that the belief in God is a rational position. I find that to be a, you know, worthwhile discussion, you know, because a lot of people say, well, you know, believing God is irrational. Well, have you read Plantinga's argument? I, I, I think there's some issues with Plantinga, but at least he attempts to take it from not just an evidential point of view and not a precept view, but basically a uh, epistemological view that that belief that God exists is rational. And I think that's actually, I think that's a way to go. If I was a theist, that's how I would do it. All right. John Foley, thank you for that 20 pound uh, donation says see uh dylan hunty seemed to try to avoid the burden of proof by equivocating on the meaning of atheist he also seemed to not like steve pointing this out i think because he knew it would have repercussions in his public debates and we've kind of uh talked yeah, but about Steve's that. brought the receipts with this paper you know that's the whole yeah, point and, that's and, why that's why they hate his guts <laughs> i tell you aaron has a aaron Ra told me specifically that if i was right his entire work life's work would be for naught these are his words he would basically his entire life's work would be for nothing if I'm right. I'm like I, I think it's a little hyperbolic, um, but Matt, like I said, I, I I still know people that know them quite well. Um, they have convinced me that they know that I'm correct on this. Now again, I can't prove that, and they'd be like, "Oh, well, Steve's reading my mind." But no, if you think about it, Matt and Arn have had a year, over a year, a year and a half to analyze this paper and show that the logic is wrong, and they failed to do so. Um, if and they, they wanted know to philosophers to, who could, if they wanted to get like a professional philosopher to look, and at I'm it, sure they have. Not, I, not I that they would need that, but I'm just saying they could. Just, it, just out of curiosity, can you be an armchair psychologist for me? Because you probably know the atheist community far better than I do, or I don't <laughs> even know as well as Braxton. Been around so them for a while. Just armchair. What is the aversion to campaigning for their worldview and identifying as an agnostic? What What's the aversion to agnosticism? Is it is it sociocultural, or is it... No, um, if you if you go back a few years, uh, a man named David Silverman, if you remember him, he was uh, oh, from yeah. American Atheist. Yeah, and and David and I go way way back. He, we actually get along fantastic. We we don't agree on a lot of things, but we, we get along. Uh, but he wrote a book, uh, a case against God, and um, in, in it he basically argues that demographically speaking, the power to vote would be given to the nuns, the people that don't believe, the you know the, the non-believers, and so the movement to have atheism understood as merely somebody who doesn't believe would obviously subsume agnostics and so it was to change the demographics of the voting rights because a lot of people and i and i believe this i'm a secularist that they don't want religion encroaching in the secular communities and in schools and things of that nature and so the best way to do that would just be somebody who doesn't believe right because if you don't believe you're not going to want religion in school to some degree so that's what the the reasoning why they wanted to have atheism such a push as just merely anybody who doesn't believe but then the agnostics like myself were like no that's dishonest look if you wanted to change the the the, the way the landscape of, of political ideology goes being dishonest is not the way to do that Lying to your constituents is not the way to do that. I've always been against that. 
Yeah, why, why not? And I think Matt Delaney does that. Yeah. Why not brand it just secular humanism as opposed to right trying to make all agnostics atheists? You know, I agree. No, I and I and there's many things in secular humanism that I agree with. Some things I don't. There's the also there's a philosophical movement versus the um, more uh, I guess in real life movement. I mean, there's there's just the philosophy of secular humanism, and there's the activist branch of it. Right. I'm I I, I really the, the philosophy of secular humanism is really interesting. The activism uh, it depends. I've seen hit or miss. Um, but they are very vastly two different things when you talk about secular humanism. But yeah, if that's what you're looking for. Then why call that atheism? What does that have to do with atheism? I, I can understand that's uh, if you're an atheist and you don't want religion in school, I'm, I'm on board with that. I'm an agnostic who doesn't want religion in, in school. But that shouldn't mean that you should start trying to use weaker terminology merely because you want to subsume some part of the demographics that you're not entitled to. That's right. I mean, been my yeah. argument for 10 years. Joe Schmidt, I think, is agnostic, correct? And, and he argues with yeah. Christians all the time. So I mean, if you want to still have the argument, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't need smart you dude. Don't need, you don't need the uh, the. Yeah, you argue with Christians, I'm sure, all the time on, mm-hmm. on, on those issues. So I, I don't think you need the weak atheist position unless it's a burden of proof issue as opposed. And I, th- in, I think so, too. I think they avoid in the it. philosophical think- realm. If it's a burden of proof issue versus just an identity tribal issue. Yeah, it's more than tribalism. I mean, sure, it's identity for them, but I had people tell me, look, if I'm not making the assertion there's no God, there's less I have to bring to the table in in an argument with a theist. I'm like, that's true, but why would you want that? I mean, think about this. We're all, we, all of us have been in the whole evolution creation debate. All of us have done that. When, when somebody says that the earth is 6,000 years old, we don't sit there and just go, I don't believe you. No, what we do is, hey, you know, the earth is billions of years old. Here's the reasons why you're wrong and try to convince them. I, I, I had my, one of my first debates, if not the first debate I ever had, was with a person who was a creationist and it was on macroevolution. And by the time we got done with the debate, he, he started thinking to himself and he left younger creationists because of that. And he wrote an article on Biologos, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Really? That a, that a debate changes mind. Yeah, if you look on uh, called a debate changed my mind on Biologos, a friend of mine, Wayne Fillmore, still a friend of mine to this day, left Young Earth Creationism because of that debate that we had, because I explained to him that macroevolution does exist. And so, we're not, so what, is he still a Christian? He's still a Christian, but he's wavering on that now too. Um, now your your oh. paper, you put a footnote that you're not you did in the in the paper itself, you don't go into any of these motivations. Why I don't. I don't. Why, it's too, why it's that label? Too broad. So that's out of it. It's, but it's but I, just one more statement or question about that, though, is so if you're the 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 I, I merely lack a belief. Kind of related to your paper in that you you kind of coming off of Oppie with the idea of, of, of a weak theism. You mentioned that people like Dylan Hunty or um, R.N. Raw will will in kind of in a less formal context, just riffing, will say, I don't believe a God exists or whatever. They'll make the positive atheist rhetoric, even if mm-hmm. for the sake of debate, they will. So technically, and, and you know, there's plenty of people snarking enough to do this. Technically, it, if we were to allow them to say, well, you said this in a, you know, off the cuff thing outside of a formal debate, but it, for the sake of formal debate, you're coming in as the weak. Well, then I could, Essentially, Braxton could just be all day long. Yeah, of course we believe God exists. We're Christians, and then go to a debate on does God exist, and, and for the sake of debate, hold a weak theist position. If you could, thing I, I think you should. I little, I, I really think you should try it. Look, if you're again for the sake of the debate, right? This is all 
arguendo. It doesn't mean you have to like push it, but you can go into a debate and say, okay, um, I'm not going to put forth the position as a God. I'm not going to make that claim for the purpose of this debate. I'm just going to too lack a belief that there is no God. And you could do that to any weak atheist and you guys are going to sit there and stare at each other for two hours. Dude, there you go. If, if, yeah. if someone did that in a debate with say Matt Dillahunty, what happens? He, he, he would seethe and, and go curse my name um, because he knows I've been promoting this for years. Uh, but, but I, don't I mean, know would that not demonstrate? Because... Would that not be a great living demonstration of what we're saying? If someone were yeah. to say, "I don't," I'm not saying there is a God. I just lack the beliefs that there is no God. And they're like, and "Well, then... I heard you say you believe in God. Well, I heard you on your yeah, program say you did." Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what they would do, what they would do is saying, "Oh, well, you're being dishonest because you really do lack. You really do believe there's no there there is a God, right?" And so it goes back to Grice's maxims when you're talking about the quantity and quantity and and how much you just deliver to somebody. To relate the maximum information in the most succinct way, these are to me maxims in, in, in linguistic things called Grace's, Grace's maxims. And if I just say to you, um, I lack a belief in something when I actually do have a positive belief, you're not relating the maximum amount of quality of your position to somebody. You're you're fla you're flaunting those maxims. And there's and sometimes you're... to flaunt them, but in this particular case, it's not. You 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 really should put forth your strongest position. Right. If you are a theist, you need to say there's a God. Let me explain why. Not, oh, I merely yes. lack a belief there isn't a God. Yeah. And your critique, your your debate review episode of that hypothetical debate would be they are either they have the same position. They have the same they are both agnostics. Welcome right. welcome to my world. Because if you do right. not acknowledge that you're you are in fact both agnostics, we have semantic collapse. That's the point yes, exactly. of your That's what I'm and, and, and lived and, and out. By the way, on... I, I told you. Go ahead. Matt Dillahunty believes there's no gods. He has said in the old episodes of the atheist experience, God doesn't exist. Uh, he is a positive atheist. So is Arn. Arn has gone even one step further to say they're impossible. So actually a few steps further to say he's impossible. So so there are atheists that are, I've had people tell me, no atheist claims there's no God. I'm like, yeah, they, they do. Arn Ron claims they're impossible. That implies there are no gods. You have an epistemic <laughs> commitment there. You can't say gods are impossible, but yeah, you know, I, I just lack a belief. No, gods are impossible. They don't exist. That has to be the implication, okay? It just, okay, let's go on to another question uh, here. Uber Scheiser, who, by the way, is a, uh, I think, uh, knows us, came to us from Pine Creek Channel. I could be wrong. Uh, gave both Jonathan and I these uh, tumblers. Great nice tumblers yeah. with Trinity Radio logo nice. in our names. Yeah, mine says Jesus drowned babies. Yeah, those are, that's a quote <laughs> from I, Dr. Pritchett. Yeah, because... Um, <laughs> Pine Creek, Pine Creek said, apologists believe that Jesus is God and God drowned babies in flood, but they'll never say Jesus drowned babies. I'm like, Jesus drowned babies. Yeah, so they put that on a cup and gave it to us, and along with a poof or drown, uh, there was a poof yes, or drown. Yes, it's thing. a lovely, thank you, Uber. So, but we do appreciate that, Uber, and I drink out I, of it. Yeah, I use it every day. I didn't wash it before I drank out of it, so I really trusted you, Uber. Yeah. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah, um, nice. But anyway, uh, they say, uh, what if one claims they don't know if a god exists, but they are confident all the Abrahamic religions are false? What are the pronouns for this position? Well, the, 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 the long and short of that position is you're agnostic in such a state. Yeah, yeah because at least in, in, can, in the global sense, in the global sense. Yeah, yeah. You globally, can be a local you can say, God. I don't know if no gods exist, but you're telling me that this one, which goes back to uh, Siggy's question, that even an agnostic on the question of some God of the philosophers or whatever, I'm agnostic about that. But an agnostic can hold reasons why they believe Christianity is false or why they believe Correct. Islam is false. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, because because uh, there's the local version and then the global version. The local version would be, look, I believe that Zeus doesn't exist, right? That's a local version. But a global version is I don't make the claim there are no gods. And that's a big difference to be had there. And yeah. uh, my recommendation to people, though, is stop just throwing the word no around, right? Because we're all talking about dosastic states. We're talking about our beliefs. It, to, to add in knowledge, it just adds an extra level that unless you have some competency in epistemology, it's just going to muddy the, the water. There's no sense to. There's no reason to. Because mm -hmm. we're just talking about your beliefs. Now, I, I, I think that's this one time where you flaunt Greece's moxians. Remember that I said that there are times to flaunt them? Because to say that you know is going to require a long, arduous, in-depth explanation of what it means to know something. And sometimes you, you just don't want to have that long in-depth conversation with somebody. So you just say, hey, look, I, I'm holding the belief because that's what we're talking about. When you're asking the question, does God exist? You're asking a person about their belief. You're not asking them what they're claiming to knowledge. Right. And so why involve that? You don't need to. That's one time you can flaunt those maxims and not worry about because we're, I'm only asking you, what is your dosastic state when I say, does God exist? I'm but you could, that. as you an agnostic, say, I don't know if a God exists, but I know that, like, like you said, Zeus, nah, uh, the christian trinity yeah. i mean you could take a yeah. position on all of those things without yes. having to say that may, therefore i'm an atheist you could be an agnostic just like i could be a, a a christian and take a position against atheism you could be an agnostic and if you want to argue with an atheist you can if you want to argue with the christian you can if you want to argue with a muslim you can you can so maybe i think steve right. you should campaign and evangelize for agnosticism is like yes, maybe for all of you weak atheists you can still have your i don't like christians and muslims or whatever you're whatever your hobby horse is and you can still be one of us That's but now you're just you just want to win because then on paper that they're closer to theism so <laughs> but look uh okay honestly atheist says in these discussions i think it's important to reflect on whether you're trying to understand your interlocutor's position or if you're just trying to prove them wrong about a tangential semantic point well here's the thing honestly atheist i'm gonna let steve speak to that since he wrote a paper on this issue but i want to say that in the very instance that was brought up a while ago in my debate with Matt Dillahunty when uh, young Drew came forward and, and yeah. uh, brought the ire of the atheist experience, um, at, when he said that, I actually spoke up first, probably to Steve's chagrin, and I said, listen, this is actually a moment where I can take up for Matt here. For the purposes of what we're doing here, I don't really care what he calls himself. I care what he means by what he calls himself. And right. in general, when I'm trying to talk to someone personally or in a situation like that where I'm, I'm trying to figure out what they believe and respond to it. It really is the case, but I yes. think on an academic level, it's important that we have answers to these right, questions because the it brings semantic more issue has logical problems. That's the point of the paper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Throw up the square again. And it shows right there in the square. Look, when somebody says, I do not believe God exists, the, the, the bottom Oops. right hand corner, that subalteration of atheism if that's what you're telling me, if you're, you're talking about to understand the opponent's position and you just say, I do not believe in God, you can see here logically that does not tell me what your position is. It tells me nothing. It just tells me you're not a theist, right? And that's that's a set theory, theist or not theist. That's it. And what, what, the, what the, the weak atheist wants to do is they actually want to make non-theist synonymous with atheist, which will, that I have shown also leads to like absurdities like rocks are atheist. I've shown that logically as well. And people say, well, I'm just going to narrow the scope to a person. It doesn't get you out of that, unfortunately, because you're talking about supersets. The superset of theism versus not theism is a complementary set that's always going to be true because of the law of negation. So in the universe, you have things that are theist, and anything not in that set is going to be the set of non-theism. 
So if I just rename that semantically atheism, I've now got this weird dichotomy that everything in the universe must be a theist or an atheist. There's no way to get around that. You just can't have a subgroup or subset of people after that because you're in the you're in the superset, which is going to be rocks or atheists. This is why Aaron Ra argues rocks or atheists. He literally is using his own logic from a local argument that rocks are atheists. And he's so not wrong using his thing. I didn't know you had so much to say about Aaron Ra. Um, I, I like Aaron. Come... It's a shame that we don't get along. It's a shame. Yeah. I like Aaron. Well, maybe maybe there can be some mending there. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Siggy, Siggy's back. Thank you so much. Turns out I've been a Huxleyan agnostic my whole life and didn't know it. Should he be a Huxleyan agnostic? Is that? Uh, I do know some Huxley agnostics. Huxley agnostics are, are people that with a, with a firm Clifford's principle that you, it, it, you should only believe something if you have sufficient reason to believe it. And so if you're a Huxley agnostic, you're going to say, I'm only going to believe something if I have scientific grounding scientific, to believe. Yeah, because yeah. he, he really was basing it on scientific methodology. Now, nowadays, I call that more scientism. I, I do not think it's a good argument to argue that we only acquire knowledge via science. There are other ways we acquire knowledge through rationalism, through potentialism, through pragmatism. I, I'm fine with other theories of knowledge. And so there's not just one theory of knowledge that gives us um, what we can say to know something. And you can't so prove I, the claim I don't... of science anyway. Yeah, well, there's a lot of things in, in, in reality that science just cannot address. It's not equipped to address. That's why we have philosophy. In fact, there's a philosophy of, of science. What guides science is methodological naturalism. Well, well right? scientism so is a philosophical philosophy. claim, not a scientific one anyway. So it's kind of correct. self-referentially. Yeah, it's a philosophical claim. Right. It's a philosophical yeah. claim. I've, yeah. I've been wanting to ask this, Steve, or I wanted to do something with this that I didn't do, and that was there were, an, I don't, do you know who Leighton Flowers is? I do. Yeah, I know. Leighton Flowers yeah. was, people said that your uh, thumbnail, or the picture on the thumbnail I, that I have of you, I you look like Leighton Flowers. So I was going to get your, your rock and roll hair and cut your face out <laughs> and put that on Leighton, and just do so it. we could compare yeah. and really nail this down. But I didn't, but, uh, but. John Foley here says, and thank you for that super chat, says, I've been trying to get Steve to grow back his long sex cult leader hair, <laughs> uh, hairdo. Can you gents try to convince him, please? No, I want It was of, it was, it, it was a part of your personality, Steve. It was, it was. No, and I, and, and, and the reasons why I grew it out, I, I, I liked the long hair. Um, it did give me more of a philosophical type of look, but unfortunately, you know, you get older, uh, I have less hair now. Uh, I wanted more of a clean cut what? look. And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hello. You know, it's funny. Look at, look at, look at Braxton. He has the head for a bald head, right? I do he have a good that. head he for looked, a bald head. You do. You do. I don't. <laughs> Thank you. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Well, do you so know I, that I have, you don't? Have, How do you know you? that you don't? Yeah, that's a belief. <laughs> yeah. Knowledge is subset. First of all, I was military. I've had shaved head before. Okay. I was military. You have empirical evidence. Yeah, I miss my lot here. And I, okay, and I one last question. <laughs> one last question, Steve, and then we'll let you go. Uh, I think it's appropriate that since Siggy is a friend of yours and has been so good to the channel today that uh, Siggy gets the last question and or last statement. My take is that people advocating for evolution like Aaron would, would be caught in discussions about the existence of God if this position was perceived as not yet convinced otherwise. I so mean, maybe not he's with saying, IP. IP is like, yeah, evolution, awesome. Now let's... Get that to but, something else. Yeah. You know. What I'm not sure I understand this question. My take is that people advocating um, for evolution would be caught in a discussion about the existence of God. Yes, he would with like someone like IP who's like, 
I already agree with you on oh, evolution. Oh, he's saying if you had a Christian who disavows evolution. Right. Or, or who avows evolution. No, he would have or, trouble or, because... No, I think, I, could he be saying, look, there are if, if if a creationist says I'm not denying evolution, I just lack a belief in it. Oh yeah, yeah. Which again, a creationist could do there. But again, to me, if a creationist says I lack a belief in evolution, I'm going to probably think they don't understand evolution. But again, this is another reason why just saying you lack a belief in something is so uninformative. It doesn't tell anything. Yeah. It's like saying, hey, are you a duck? No, I'm not a duck. Okay, what are you? You're I'm, I'm a non-duck. What does that What does that tell you about? If I say, hey, Braxton, you want, you know. Um, what do you want for dinner? You say, I don't want fish. Okay. What do you want for dinner? I don't know your position. Lack of belief. Atheism is a non-position. Unless you tell me I lack a belief because I'm agnostic or I lack a belief because I believe there's no God. I, until you give me one of those two other options, I don't know what the heck you mean by you just lack just, belief. You're non-theist. Okay. Yeah, but. That's the, that's the, that's the married man's dilemma. Where do you want to eat tonight? honey? <laughs> I'm just glad I'm going to see McCray's house for dinner. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you want? To, I mean, I mean, where I, are we going for dinner? Tonight? I, mean, I don't I'm, care. What I don't know. I made some bomb chicken fajitas the other day. I'm, oh, I oh that, I'm down for that. Well, listen, we're going to head to Steve's house I, for fajitas, but for everyone else, <laughs> I just want to say this has been fun. Steve, is there anything else Thank that you, you feel? First of all, I just hope you feel that you've been treated well. We, we like you. And, oh, yeah. and I, I, this has been so great. I'm honored. And um, we are the channel that loves agnostics too. And um, we're At least not, this side of the room does. Is there anything else that you, that you need that you feel like you just have to get off your chest? right here and now or else you're not going to be able to sleep good tonight you just go right ahead yeah this is a better channel than ip <laughs> i like ip i do i do i like IP. clip IP, that out know, it's a short i i like ip i really do but I, I i like the fact that you guys really do have some really good conversations um i've listened in the background for a while and i gotta tell you i'm super honored to be here i i know people say that a lot but i really i was looking forward to this i even asked braston i i was so this looking forward to going on a theist channel to talk about these things because I got to tell you, atheists are scared to death of this paper. Hmm. There are f so few atheists willing to talk about this paper because of the ramifications that it has because they cannot show the logic's wrong. Matter of fact, you know, Dr. Pritchard here found, I think, a word in here that is incorrect before we went on air. Uh, that but but it doesn't change the substance. It doesn't change. Of, yeah, of, yeah. Just it's one just, word. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a typo. But, but, yeah, but it's we, a good catch because it shows that even though a lot of people have read this, you, you still can maybe find some issues, right? And so I tell people, read the paper, find an issue, let me know. And if it is an error, I fix it. When, so when Dr. Pai, who's a PhD in math, mathematics, read this paper, he, he just was looking at the, uh, the logic. And he's like, the logic is, is valid. It, the, the premises are, are sound. Uh, he did it in Ginzel's logic. But there might be some grammatical issues. And, and you found one of those, I think, I'm going to be looking into. Um, but I will uh, throw this out there that if you want to review this paper, don't start off with two things. Don't start off by by if you have an argument that starts with if you're wrong. That's just weird. And two, don't say that I use the wrong premises. The pre I want to make this very clear. The premises that I use for this paper, if you actually read it, is the Google definition, which is believes God exists, uh, believes God does not exist or lacks a belief. I'm using that definition as to do a reductio to show what happens if you use that definition. Because in English, English is a described language. It is not prescribed. If you go to Google and you see a definition, that just gives you a, 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 um, a description of something. It doesn't tell you that if you meet those conditions, you have some necessary and sufficient uh, conditions to be that word. It doesn't work in the converse. And I wrote another paper on that, that I'm working, it's an essay, but it's actually uh, called by definition on the same site. You got this from if you find it. So I'll leave you guys yeah, with that. Yeah, to help, to help people, I, I think a good addition to this paper for 
uh, lay people would be a key. Um, so, so when people read this, uh, first, uh, you know, you could probably go to Wikipedia and find a, a list of symbols if you want to follow the symbols. But one of the things I, I want people to understand when they're reading this is, is these are these are not when you talk about the claim, the propositions uh, and the four position, you know, on the on the um, square of opposition. This is not a debate about whether or not any of that's true. This is about what what can you what does a, a subject or a person affirm? What is their position? Mm-hmm. And so think about it in those terms. So get get the debates about whichever position is true. And then the point of this is to look at the consequences and the relations of if you affirm that God, if you believe, if you're a person who believes that God exists, then you're also a person who lacks a belief in the non-existence of God. If you are a person who believes uh, God does not exist, you are also a person kind of under that. It it follows from that, that you are uh, a, a person who lacks a belief in God. If you are a person who lacks a belief in not God and also lacks a belief in God, you're the agnostic. And those <laughs> are your only options. Yeah. 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 Those you're are your only three options because the relations going in different directions do not work. And you have a semantic collapse uh, of, of any sort of useful meaning. Calm down, Pritchie. You're yeah. getting too upset. Well, about I'm trying this. to explain he like, he this. Likes my, he, likes my, he likes my paper. He's getting, you know, what's yeah. so funny is, He's 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 likes my paper, but it's the it's the angry atheists that hate my paper. Yeah, they get so mad. I've been blocked. I've been blocked by more people. Yeah, me ten years ago would know what the heck I'm reading, and so that's (laughs) what I want people to keep in their mind when they read this, and it'll make it'll make sense, and you'll you'll be like, oh, I I see now. It's a complete mess if people just try to think they can not believe in the non-existence of God and not also be an agnostic, or if the converse, if there are the I lack a belief in God. No, you're you're, you're not a lack theist. Week eight, you're an agnostic. Join Steve. That's the, you know it's, <laughs> that's the point it's, of this. It's page. funny. I'll I'll leave you guys. But I've had people actually tell me this was word salad. I'm like, okay, if this was a salad, then how is it that Doctor Demi, who I quote in this paper, who read my paper, he liked it. He agreed with it. Doctor Demi. I mean, he's he's a pretty. I mean, his logic is amazing. Um, how is it that he? How Doctor Pi? Uh, five other doctor PhDs in logic and, and and things read this that I know for a fact, and so if it's a, if it's an intelligible word salad, how are they making sense of it? Right, this is right? not I word mean, salad. It's just not. No. That's objectively wrong. Now, yeah. the, I mean, it's mostly it. it, it, it now you can, formal, you, but, you yeah. can say yeah. I don't like how I feel when I read that, or I don't like what it <laughs> yeah. says, or <laughs> I, you could even you could even say I think maybe I can argue against this. But what you can't say is it's just word salad. That's no, you just can't. Well, that, but you, well, you would yeah, have to. You know, well, you demonstrate it's not word salad because you found a word in here that probably is the wrong word to use because you, you understood the paper. It means it's intelligible. Somebody who if read it. If it was word well, salad, I, it know. wouldn't matter what word you use. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just put words together in a blender and put them on a paper. There you go. All right, I'll let you guys go. I appreciate this immensely. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of you guys. Um, Braxton, you were one of the, the uh, seriously, as an apologist or evangelist, whatever you want to call yourself, I respect the fact you do it honestly. And I respect I those channels that. that put out information that they, they really believe, right? Because there's, look, there's just honest players across the board. Theists have them, atheists have them. And look, as long as you honestly believe what you believe, and that's what you're going on to YouTube to talk about, you have my support. As soon as you start, well, I appreciate that. you in general, but people that start, you know, lying for, jesus or lying for atheism 
you know, who wants to deal with those people, right? So I appreciate the fact you keep it above board and keep well, it real, means, okay? That means that means a lot to me, Steve. And really the links does. to your YouTube channel, shout them out. They're in the description. Shout them out one more time before we go. Oh, yeah. Steve. Yeah, come over and join me. Self-promotion, I'm horrible at. Uh, come join me, Steve McCray channel, and the non-sequitur show, which, by the way, I'm doing today at 5 o'clock with the amazing Reds rhetoric. We're going to talk about the state of the flat earth debate. Basically, the, the, I call it the great shape debate. Um, and why why flat earth is waning. Uh, so if you're interested in that, come over to the non-sequitur show channel, uh, subscribe if you want to talk in live chat because I do have it on subscribers only. Uh, but yeah, we're going to have fun with that today. And so guys, All thank right. you for watching this. I'm going to head out of here. Thank you for All making right. my paper. And being strong enough to actually like promote this because like I'll tell you, other channels are scared too. Yeah, so we will. appreciate it. All right, good night guys. All right, take care, Steve. And we'll see y'all next time on Trinity Radio.